Welcome to Cloudlandia, Mr. Sullivan. Mr. Jackson, you are a global Welcome creator. Welcome to Cloudlandia. You're a, member. You're a member of the Global Creator class. That's true. That is true, yeah. as are you. Yeah. Handshake, maybe a mm-hmm. uh, secret handshake, maybe tattoo. <laughs> that's, that's all we need. Or uh, particular words that when a person says particular words, uh, immediately you know. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Was I think that's general. true. Yeah, I think it's true. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, and it would be interesting to. Uh, take this backwards in history. So for the readers who um, <clears throat> don't know uh, what we're referring to here, uh, Dean, Dean Jackson, Mr. Jackson, Captain Jackson, uh, sent, me, <laughs> uh, sent me a link um, uh, regarding the growth of an internet, internet-based professional and amateur um, creative creative class and these are people who create content specifically for the purpose of a growing audience that they're creating in some some way in some form on some platform within the cloudlandia the expanding borders of cloudlandia the expanding territory of cloudlandia ever expanding ever never uh, never ending yes never ending Yeah. yeah, this is uh, well, a couple of things. If you went back, uh, you know, if you went back to the, you know, the beginning of a technological breakthrough, a communication technology breakthrough, um, you know, you in much lesser numbers, you probably had the emergence of, you know, those folks. As a matter of fact, my goal when I first started the company was to take advantage of what uses of the microchip we're going to do um, to create more kinds of entrepreneurs in the world as was uh-huh. in the 1970s. So, you know, yes. I mean, but this one is just um, uh, from a capability standpoint, uh, yeah. standpoint, what an individual can do today um, <clears throat> using the multiple different kinds of tools that are, available do you they, think, as an Dan, they as an individual can appear today and have the impact that would have required that uh, would be equal to an individual who was the <clears throat> executive or the leader of a powerful organization yeah. perhaps hundreds and thousands of people a hundred years ago do you think dan i i was thinking about this just the other day because uh, I was watching yesterday, actually, I was watching a show um, on History Channel called "The Foods That Made America," and one of the um, features was the race between Swanson and Stouffer for mm-hmm. the emerging TV dinner market. Right. That that was uh, that was the brilliant thing that that uh, that Swanson did was name it named the category TV dinner Mm -hmm. where they could have everything. And there's an interesting story about how they ended up in that business in the first place. Apparently, the young um, the young son of, of the elder Swanson that started the company, Turkey uh, business, frozen turkeys. They had all the kind of frozen turkey market. He came in very, you know, confident and uh, made this bold bet on he wanted to dominate the frozen turkey market. So they wanted, he wanted to cut out all the other people by buying up all the turkeys. And he wanted every turkey in the aisle to be a a Swanson uh, turkey. And it was a bad bet. And he ended up with, they had 35 million or 35,000, uh, some, some big number of turkey, 35,000 turkeys left at the end of the season that they didn't sell. They had this huge, 
thing and they had to like you know keep these refrigerated uh landfill uh, maybe maybe right exactly these refrigerated (laughs) train cars constantly running to keep these along and so he Mm -hmm. uh came up with the idea one of the young executives on his team came up with the idea of making a frozen dinner that they could with all the prepare yeah with the with all the trimmings that somebody could put in the oven and eat uh there and then he had the brainstorm of calling it a tv dinner and it was an immediate hit because Mm -hmm. it just hit at exactly the time when tv was just like the early 50s was right after the the war um, when factories could get back to making um, things, RCA and all these companies went into making TVs and the number of television sets went from, you know, some low number in 1950 to some 80-something percent of households having mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. a television by 1959. So it had the attention of everybody um, there and he picked the right horse but well that led me also to thinking about the, you it also had the support of a um a fast expanding um habit on the part of millions of americans yes in the in the evening i mean and that yeah. started really with listening to the radio but uh right you know i mean if you go back uh, tim Wu does a great job uh, professor yeah. tim Wu does a great job uh, in the master switch. The book is called the master switch of giving the history of how uh-huh. these audiences grew. And uh, yeah. he was saying that, I think it was in 1930 that uh, when Amos and Andy came on yeah. the, as a radio program, uh, the, um, they had in, you know, uh, an evening and they, they were able to, I guess they were able to measure some way and, you know, Harris polls or yeah. polls they use that 81% of listening Americans listen to that episode. You know? Yeah. And, and that's really you know, like, and he talks about the fight. He talks about the fight, not that it relates directly to your topic, uh, but he talks about the fight uh, that the radio programs, even within the executives, of the radio programs of allowing advertising to taint, uh, mm. you know, this this service that they were providing yeah. to the public. There, there was something a little bit squirmy, you know, a little bit squirmy about, uh, you know. I think something know, tells more- me that uh, Pepsodent was the first radio advertiser. I think. Yeah. I don't uh, know whether that's be. true, but could be. Could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were, yeah. <clears throat> but this was all, uh, you know, this was all new, new territory. This right. thing, first of all, that you you started to get mass audiences of Americans that you could predict mm-hmm. exactly what they were doing between uh, this hour and this yes. hour in the evening, and uh, that there was something that was undermining their experience, and that is to create meals from scratch. Yes. And that's something like, so you're picking that trend, a couple of things. And also they had refrigerators. They didn't have ice boxes. They had refrigerators. Yeah. Yeah. And the the amount of work that uh, women had to do in the house had been shortened by washers and dryers and electric stoves and vacuum cleaners and, yeah uh, you know and everything like that and uh, so that even and the <clears throat> the mother of the household the woman of the household who ordinarily yeah. would have to spend two or three hours uh preparing the meal she wanted to yeah. watch television she wanted to watch the tv too so tv dinners were for her too yeah um you know a couple of things stood out for me um, about that, you know, like 1950, let's say, or, you know, going into the, the 50s, 70 years ago, um, that 
there were three choices of what to watch at any given time mm-hmm. in real time. You could watch mm-hmm. NBC, ABC, or CBS. That was it. Mm-hmm. And everybody was watching the same show and eating the same TV dinner. You know, that's mm-hmm. what your option uh, was. And I thought about how much that's changed now, like, because we were sitting watching this and the, uh, you know, the problem that our, we have right now in time is there's an infinite choice of things for us to watch. We have anything. You could literally watch anything you want on mm-hmm. your uh, device there. So that mm-hmm. led me to think, because I've mentioned this before, but I want to have this conversation with you about the microchip. That mm-hmm. do you do you think it kind of struck me that the microchip has brought us as far as the microchip is going to bring us? That the the increased opportunities over the next fifty years, because that's really what it's been, right? You recognized it in the early seventies, right? Forty five mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. ago. That. The you caught the very beginning of it, which brought in the um, you know calculators and personal computers and all of these things that the microchip has uh, brought us to. But mm-hmm. do you think now that it's going to be the microchip that has that impact? over the next 50 years? Is it that continuing evolution of that? Or have we reached a new thing where that has reached the the top of the asymptote, that it's constant, just improvement, but not, is not going to have, that's not going to be the impact thing? Well, I think one thing to support uh, your question is that you almost never see any news these days about uh, new microchip doubles in power. Yeah, Intel suddenly releases an even faster microchip, but in the late as you know, as late as the early two thousands, you were getting that news. uh, You know, the Pentium chip. uh, You know, you had all these things, and it's. I think it's. um, You know, it's kind of like talking about. uh, you know, if you use the microchip um, mm-hmm. as an example, see this uh, this man that I read from. He's from the Manhattan Institute, which is a, a think tank uh, mostly devoted to uh, capitalist, uh, you know, capitalist um, um, endeavors. You know, research into capitalism. But there's a uh, um, there's a, a writer there. Uh, I'll have to look up his name. But he wrote a book called The Bottomless Well. And he said the microchip is a further refinement of the use of energy. Energy. So mm-hmm. if you think of a microchip, hypothetical. So if you think of the microchip as energy, a very, very, very uh, you know, consolidated, powerful kind of energy. And take that back to the beginning of electricity. We're kind of thinking of the microchip today the same way we thought about electricity when everybody got it and everybody was, you know, I mean, I'm the only person I know that uh, on a frequent basis will come in, uh, you know, will reflect. I said, uh, uh, I love electricity. I really love electricity. And I say this to my 20 year olds at the company. I said, don't you just love electricity? <laughs> and, yeah, and, right. And, and they're, they're wondering a little bit about Dan, you know, they're wondering, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what is, where is this leading? Where did this come from? You know, this, uh, yeah, because to them, uh, it's what their fish and uh, electricity yeah. is water, you know, and yeah. I think that for them, the microchip is water, and they're swimming That's in exactly water. So, yeah. I, so I think you're you're absolutely right. And um, and my, uh, would you say then that uh, this is um, what I would say, marking the point 
where what you do um, with these microchip-empowered devices and how you um, uh, transform your impact on the world, that's going to be the news. Yeah, I think that that's the thing, that the devices themselves are, that's old news. There's no device that we're lacking right now. It's the application of, of it's the those are receptacles right that's really yeah. what it is because you look at the you heard a feature on a smartphone there's not I mean they've all landed on the same thing which gives you the indication of what it's really all about is a rectangular mm -hmm. screen that's lar slowly getting bigger and bigger that's mm -hmm. really what you've that's really what we've landed on it's just a receptacle for the apps that we are running here. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that so that and then this uh, this rise of that creative economy is, mm -hmm. you know, I, I really all that to say, Dan, that I believe that the free zone frontier is the story of mm -hmm. the coming world here that there's no mr beast uh i got a little update on mr beast burger is over 600 locations now mm -hmm. and we launched they launched 340 of them on opening day and they've almost doubled now maybe have doubled since then in less than six months. Mm -hmm. um, Guy Fieri is just coming online with Flavortown and those will be, uh, you know, they're targeting a thousand um, restaurants by mm -hmm. the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a, a grocery client who we got them hooked up on Mr. Beast burger so that they, with that virtual dining concepts um, and, you know, I've been observing, like watching it all unfold because it's so it's effortless to really mm -hmm. join in. It's like, yeah. you've got the excess capacity, you've got the capabilities um, and they make it easy. There's no, fee to start up there's no you just mm -hmm. they send you everything here's the ingredients the the skews that you need to stock um mm -hmm. here's the equipment you need you got to have like send us you know pictures of your equipment you've got the equipment you've got the the thing and they send you um videos on how to how to make everything and dan mm -hmm. these videos are literally as if it would be like me holding the iPhone on you and you saying this how to make my favorite, uh, you know, turkey sandwich. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you, you just, you're just in your kitchen. Like they're not high production value things. It's you say, first thing we're start with the bread. Then we're going to get this, the mayo. And I like a little mm -hmm. mustard. And then we're going to lay three, you know, slices of the turkey on here. I like some, uh, this cheese we're going to put on there, then two mm -hmm. pickles. And, you know, you're laying it out just how to make your favorite turkey sandwich mm -hmm. recipe. And that's the training program. Yeah. yeah. And you have to, well, you, have to you know, you know, it's, uh, and send a picture. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's really interesting. The, um, um, I'm reading a book um, right now, a very fascinating book, worth, worth your while, actually, and everybody's out there. It's called The Weirdest People in the World. Okay. okay. <clears throat> and, and WEIRD is an acronym. So yeah. WEIRD is an ac acronym for Western, uh, uh, Western Educated Industrial, which Democratic. Okay, so it's, uh, it's sort of that the... If we were defining uh, a weird culture, uh, first of all, it would be in the western part of the world, not the eastern part of the world. Uh, yes. Greenwich, if you use Greenwich, it has the dividing yes. line between between uh, the 
you know, the meridian, the zero meridian on the, uh, the, yeah. on the, world for the time system and, the, you know, the mapping and uh, educated. Uh, and the biggest thing about educated is um, extraordinarily literate compared with the rest of the world. Literate meaning reading, reading, writing, and uh, communicating with uh, the alphabet. Um, industrial, they're technologically, you know, technologically advanced, uh, richer than um, any historical record and democratic uh, they're they're not yeah. uh, and uh you know and that's a pretty loose diagram and you can fit enormous number of things in it but he's uh, the author uh is a uh, psych uh, soci uh psychologist a psychologist or sociologist but he's saying that if we take the person who is that and he uses um you know he uses people uh, who are of equal importance in their society, but measuring them, you know, between East and West and between the literate and the illiterate. And the literate, he said, is based on those people who have an alphabet. Um, mm -hmm. In other words, their language is an alphabet and almost unlimited um, access to um, materials that use the alphabet. And they learn how to read and they learn how to read very early, and their whole life is about uh, is about reading, really. And uh, you have to be able to read and read so well that you don't even know that you're reading. You know, it's right. Not even, it's not even saying. As a matter of fact, you can be paying attention to something else, and your mind is still picking up the words that are being presented to you. And he yes. said that, uh, for example, to contrast that with. Uh, uh, with uh, Japan and Korea, and not Japan and China, it's ideograms, and you've got it's very laborious to memorize. You know, first yeah. ten ideograms, and then a hundred ideograms, and, right. uh, and and each. That's why each the. Uh, that's why the the Eastern gave up on movable type. They had it, but they didn't continue with it because it was too cumbersome. There's so there's a hundred different uh, things that you have to have. Hundred different strokes, and then they're, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know. If you learned an ideogram, but you got one stroke wrong, it, it means something totally different. It doesn't exactly. mean refer to the thing that you're talking about. And How he was saying that if you measure the inside of people's brains, what part of it is activated at certain times and what uh, how thick it is you know and everything else they find that the brains of the weird people and he says that um conservatively speaking he said um people who are just super good at the use of words uh and can you know can transmit them they can bring them in and it's a big deal for them too information uh, food mm -hmm. information is extraordinary. He said there's about 700, it's, it's very low, so I, I have to dig deeper. But he said where they've made this transition and they got five or, they've got about six centuries behind them of doing this. They have this, they're very peculiar and uh, the British speaking, uh, the English speaking world and its institutions that have come from reading are the weirdest still, and of all the English-speaking, the Americans are the weirdest. Are the weirdest. Wow. Mm -hmm. And he said that the sense of independence that you and I would have would be, um, well, would get us cast out in most parts of the, you know, we, yes. we would be um, rejected, we, we, we might be killed in other parts right. of the world because our our, our facility with using words um, makes us uh, peculiar, makes us not understandable in terms of how we mm. think about our work, how we think about our, you know, our living situation and how we think about um, being governed and how government takes place uh, yeah. in the world. And entrepreneurs are weirder still. And you and I are right at the cutting edge.
the tippy top of weirdness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. You notice the distinction between yourself and yourself. That's a distinct. <laughs> That's yeah. a nuance. Yeah. You know how I. You know how I trigger thinking that I'm present. How? Waiting. Waiting. Yeah, anytime I have to wait for something, I just say, oh, let's be present while, while oh, we're waiting. I, see. Okay. So I was in line. I was in line at Whole Foods uh, yesterday. Uh, yes. Uh, for about five minutes, waiting for checkout, and I said, I'm just going to go into being present. And and mm-hmm. one of the things, what I'm claiming in the new book that's going to press for September, so it goes to print talking about words, talking, uh, 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 I say, you know, the best way to get good at being present is just uh, itemize about 10 of your unconscious habits, um, which you do frequently, you know, things that you do every day. And every time you are in this activity, remind yourself to be present. And uh, it's really easy, but... I decided, you know, for example, yesterday I got my second uh, shot, uh, and we had to go to Brampton, okay? And, wow. Uh, and, and Dean, I've never been to Brampton before. I was this just going to say, that's as well, you were practically to Halton Hills. Yep. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, now, this was the arena in Brampton, so I don't know what that is in relationship to everything else in Brampton. Uh, but, but they had a huge crowd there, so we waited uh, outside for about uh, 20 minutes, and then we waited inside about uh, 20 minutes uh, mm-hmm. before they got. It was it was well organized, and you know they were, you know they were very pleasant about it and everything like that. But while I was mm-hmm. waiting, I was saying, "Wow, this is really interesting." It was really interesting, and I just came back to thinking about my thinking and uh, mm-hmm. I've got a little video I'm going to send you, but I, I'm, I'm okay. going to blow it. I'm going to blow it before I send it to you. Uh, because I, uh, so the email said, uh, uh, Willie's thinking. That's the, that's the subject of the email. Willie's mm-hmm. thinking. Okay. Let's uh, dear Dean, uh, um, asked Willie why he was such a great who. After a little weed, he shared his thinking. And then it's Willie Weed, then it's Willie, Willie Nelson. Okay, yeah. That. It's hard to be humble. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. And so I sent that out yesterday and you know, I got rave reviews because, you know, he says, uh, you know, he... You know, he upon reflecting on himself, he has to admit that he's perfect in almost every in way. In every way. You know? Perfect in every way. <laughs> to know me it. is to love me, right? Yeah. Yeah. To know me is to love me, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I get better but looking anyway, each day. I get better yeah. looking each day. You know the you know you know uh Willie's thinking on it. Yeah. Thinking right. about it. I, it's Willie's thinking about his thinking after a little uh-huh. week. And uh, so funny. I send it out. Yeah, so it's really funny. <clears throat> but uh, the thing that I uh, am really realizing that the attachment of the word property to attention has a catalytic effect. Mm-hmm. So I, I the, get it. The name of the book is "Your Your Attention, Your Property," and mm-hmm. uh, and. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, I just go through, I start off the book by saying, just think of property that you have owned as yours, you know, things that you've owned for yourself throughout your life. And what are the emotions and the feelings and the thoughts you have related to property? It could be about anything. You know, people have different things. They attach the, their, <clears throat> you know, the, their, they're committed and they're protective about certain kinds of property. And I said, so what we're going to suggest in this book that all the feelings that you've built up for as long as you've been alive, about favorite pieces of property, we'd like you to attach that same depth of emotion, that same committed thinking to what you give attention to, what you give your attention to. 
And it's mm-hmm. really funny. I've tried it out on, uh, I've tried it out on some people and it jolts them. That's amazing. It is. I mean, we, you know, we've, I've, um, said, I mean, we're, before. we're, we're high, we're high practitioners. And, if you think about it. Um, yeah, just an, uh, um, if you've simplified your life in some way, it's because yeah. you you have made a decision that what you're no longer doing wasn't worth your attention. Right. Yeah, that's the. I mean, I've you know this is the. Um, it's along that lines of realizing that the you know, the crown jewel of our, uh, of the being present is our attention, that it's mm-hmm. our attention, that our attention is 100% engaged at all times in something. And it's mm-hmm. either seeking that engagement or it is, you are engaging it. And that's, a, uh, so that's kind of the good news is, it becomes about, and to the extent that you can wrangle your attention in, you know, better ways. Like, I just think fascinatingly that imagine what you've done with now, whatever period of time you're approaching with no television, that mm-hmm. you're, you're, uh, three, you didn't three years create, at the end of July. Three years at the end of July. So, so in that weeks, three so. years, in that three years, let's call it how many hours did you say a week? Eight hundred a year. Eight hundred a year. Eight hundred hours I, I a year. Yeah. So you didn't create an eight hundred hour a year void. You created an eight hundred a year, hour a year vacuum that you have now filled with more opportunity to think mm-hmm. about your thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thinking about your thinking or reading or whatever, uh, whatever. Or being in discussion, you know, being in yes. discussion or, exactly. um, you know, creating, you know, creating new thinking tools for other people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so that's a, you know, because that's the thing is that your brain um i've i've often seen that your attention seeks the it's like a dopamine uh detector and it's seeking the most you know effortless way to get that dopamine <laughs> and it will well, lock in like a- on that thing Kind of like a rat with a button. <laughs> okay. And no, no yeah. he gets a he gets a snack if he hits the, you know. Oh, uh, I see. Oh, you, what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You change, Once he hits if you the button, the, right? If you, yeah, if you change the sequence, they all get really frustrated because they start yeah. hammering, hammering it, and then almost accidentally they hit the right thing, and then they yeah. experiment and they experiment, and then they've got the new, they've got the new Formula. trick. Uh, the they new formula mass, mastered and they do it. And, uh, it shows that, uh, uh, not getting that, you know, I think the hit is the treat, but I think the hits probably dopamine too. Yeah. <laughs> hit the button twice, chase your tail, hit it again. That's the formula. <laughs> right? Yeah. Whatever yeah. you got. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, the, this book, the, uh, weirdest people in the world, uh, he talks about that, um, all of us are the beneficiary of about um, three three hundred thousand years of humans basically working out things. In other words, yeah. and uh, you know, and uh, and strictly for uh, a more, he says uh, he he kind of puts it together. He said, uh, you know, survival is the central issue, and then. Um, um less energy uh less energy uh um what i would say 
to survive, we want to do it with less and less energy. You know, we want to yeah. do it. So we're a long way from survival. We're a long way right. from having to be concerned with safety. And we're moving up. And I think that what we're doing is um, we are want to make um, uh, meaningful, purposeful creativity more and more right. the thing that drives our, our dop- dopamine. Yes. Yeah, you think now uh, that, uh, you know, our level of minimums is much higher. Like you think about now, I was thinking about that, you know, 1950, uh, they said, (coughs) excuse me, about television, that by the end of the 50s, there were uh, TVs in 80 something percent of homes. And... Mm -hmm. More homes than had some. That, some that didn't have indoor plumbing. That's exactly right. Yeah, more <laughs> than had indoor plumbing. Yeah, yeah. When you look at it now, what we would consider to be bare minimum subsistence level kind of things would include a, you know, a, a house with air conditioning and central heating and plumbing and electricity and, and you know uh basic uh washer, internet access washer, a washer and a dryer all those physical and probably things. a dish probably well certainly microwave and a dishwasher yeah and a fridge but a, com- a computer a cell phone yeah. and yeah. basic internet access are all mm-hmm the basic requirements, right? And that's really a... Are you there? Dan? Mm-hmm. I'm here. Okay, there we go. I can hear you now. It's a, it's a proof that just happened to us that what we would have formally considered a luxury uh, has now become a, um, a given. And once a luxury becomes a given, then it's disturbed. Yeah or it's taken away from you, it feels like, uh, it feels, you know, it feels, you feel a little shaky, you know, what, what yeah. just happened, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you just think about what I was looking, I was cleaning up a shelf, uh, Dan, and I found a box, uh, you know, a CD set of your Pure Genius program. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, and it dawned on me, I wouldn't know where to go with it. Like where I don't have a device handy. <laughs> what, would you, what would you do access with this? What would I do with this right now? And I was yeah. thinking about like what you just said, like, do you remember recording that pure genius program? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you remember what had to go into that? Like, you know, did you, you did it in the studio. You, well, uh, we did it in there. It's uh you know, it's uh, what's his name? You know, the, the Nightingale Conan. Yeah, Nightingale yeah. Conan. It was their uh, their studio, which is yeah, you know, ten. You know, it's uh, fifteen miles or uh, probably in a Chicago. half hour from our home in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we went in the studio, and they had, you know, they were all prepared, and uh, you know, it was Q. I think it was the whole thing was Q and A. So. Uh, yeah. Um, they had a producer and uh, sort of a narrator who did, did, did yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was very lo- it was very laborious and it was over uh-huh. about uh, three sessions. I think it was about three sessions. Yeah. And then how what had to go into that being distributed? Like that? Yeah. Not anybody. You know, it wasn't you were done with it. Now they had to go through physically producing. CDs for people to. When you first did it, it was cassette tapes, or was audio. it? Uh, it was just audio, yeah, just audio, audio yeah. cassettes, and, yeah, yeah. But I think there were there eight or well, I don't know how many there are, but yeah, uh, uh-huh. you know, in, in the set maybe eight. And uh, but you imagine yeah, then you had deal. to distribute those, right? Yeah, and now yeah. when you look yeah. at. Um, you know, you think about now the onslaught of uh, something like 200,000.
And so that, I mean, that all of this content is being created, this unbelievable. Dean, you, you, uh, Dean, you cut out for that entire, uh, your last entire. Oh, year. damn. We need to write a letter to our congressman. Yes, yes. My, I'm going to have my people talk to some people about this. Some people, yeah. I mean, this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll give you an idea, the, uh, uh, to give you an idea of uh, the jump, the quarterly books that we do, uh, you know, which are thin books and, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah. um, you know, so it's created over probably about a six week period um, with everything. So we got finished copy, cartoons are finished and, uh, you know, the book layout is established, cover, everything was established. And then on one day in the morning, we go in and we do the entire audio portion mm-hmm. of the book. And in yes. the afternoon, we do video video portion of the book. And it's just a signal. It's just a, um, you know, it's just a, a link that's written in the yeah. front of the book. Yeah. So much more, like, depth now of what you can put in, a, um, in content, the, the multimedia elements of it you know with being able to like i'm i'm surprised that more advertisers are not making their print ads more multimedia um with qr codes and you know supplementing that like literally you could have a pretty in-depth um thing in a in a print ad right now Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm not too clear because I really don't look at, you know, I really don't look at ads that much, you know, I mean, right. you know, uh, and, uh, I'm, uh, you got who's, uh, you got not, who's for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not someone who, um, you're going to really, really catch my attention with an ad and, right. uh, you know, because, uh, First of all, I don't need it today. Generally speaking, I don't have part of my thinking that the moment I think of something, I have to have it today. You know, if I yeah. have it in the next two or three days, so then I can just ask somebody to order it for me, and they handle the whole they handle the whole thing yeah. for me, and it gets delivered delivered to the house. So I, you know, it was very very interesting. Who was it? Yeah, we had this guy. Um, uh, I'll have to think of these. Matt Lair, yeah, Matt, and he could turn around um, um, amateur uh, sports uniforms. If you went on his site in the morning, uh, let's say at nine o'clock, and you went to what kind of uniform, what kind of sport, what kind of color, what kind of design, uh, what are the players' names, what are the players' numbers, what are the players' sizes, and uh, and um, put your credit card in and press it. He said with Prime, with Amazon Prime, he said um, you would have them by four o'clock in the afternoon if you get one in at nine o'clock and you were near uh, and you were nearby. I mean, he's stuff in California. Yeah, local. But he said if mm. you were in L if you were in L A, uh, and he says our, our factories in Tijuana. Uh, he said, uh, and you really, really needed it, and you put the order in at 9 o'clock in the morning, all those uniforms would be finished by 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And I, yeah. and he said, nobody else can do this. He said, I've worked on the system for six or seven years. And he said, nobody else can really do this. And uh, and I, and so I said, uh, what if, what if what does instant mean to people, instant? And he said, for something like this, instant is getting it, ordering it on Monday and getting it on Friday. You know, it's custom designed and everything. Right. And for most yeah. people, something that needs to be custom designed, if they get it back in five days, he said, that's instant. Yeah, and here he you said, are now. So, he's got the ability to do it the same day. Yeah. But he said, uh, so uh, there's a point where, you know, in terms of what instant means, uh, it's you have to understand what the majority of people mean by instant. Say it's four days and you can deliver it in three days. It's not a big deal because they don't. Three, three days is not 
better in their mind than four days because they, you know, four days does the trick, you know. So, um, you know, and there's people, you know, instant is, you know, uh, if you ordered it, if I order at eight o'clock and it's not here by 11 o'clock, I'm really getting angry. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? I mean, I find that now too. Yeah. Like food, it's just, uh, you know, you, you get, I'm so accustomed that literally within 20 or 30 minutes, you can have anything. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such a great, uh, but I think that's the way things are going now. Like um, the, that's the whole VCR formula, being able to have capabilities yeah. on tap, you know, that being mm -hmm. able to, uh, resource and reach them and then it's just really well, the, about yeah i think the whole thing is that uh this is where you really see the, the tyranny of commodity i mean if you're you know if what you're purchasing what you're ordering and purchasing has now been deemed a commodity by the customer they're very very yeah. unforgiving uh they're very unforgiving uh and what I get from, you know, the lead in to our conversation today and the, you know, the package you sent me, the link you sent me during the week is mm -hmm. that there's an enormous amount of flexibility if you're in the creation world. And yeah. what I mean by that, that if it didn't exist before and you're creating it, people's notion of timeliness and that is very much relaxed, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, uh, people are uh, are knowing. Well, this is being created new. You know, of course, it's going to, it's not going to be here in an hour. You know, so my sense is that anything that's a commodity, so if what you are doing uh, is whether you consider it a commodity or not, other people in your industry think it's a commodity. It doesn't matter. It's what the person who is the check writer who's ordering it thinks it's a commodity. And uh, there's no patience for delay in the commodity world. Yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's not many things now that there's even any reason for any delay. <laughs> I mean, that's really- Well, I think that's partially, it's like being, it's like being laid on Zoom. Uh, I mean, I, and I was noticing, you know, I was saying, uh, what was it like in the in-person world? You know, we're yeah. 16 months now. And I said, what was it like? Well, there's this whole elaborate song and dance about there was, uh, you know, there was traffic construction, there was an accident, there was, and there's all this, uh, you know, there's this vast, uh, uh, you know, vast inventory of reasons why you could be late in the yeah. in-person in world. And then if they're late, <laughs> for Zoom, and they said, sorry, I'm late, and I said, well, where were you? <laughs> I mean, it's 20 feet from Traffic. the kitchen. I mean, why, why? Traffic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's 20 feet from the kitchen. I, I said, how could you possibly be late, you know? And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just noticing my own responses, you know, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying right. this, but I'm saying, how, how could you be late, you know? <laughs> there was a meme. And you know what they've done? <laughs> You know, you know what they've done is they've taken any freeing up of time between um, between events and they've put them right together again. You know they're still mm -hmm. back to back, and they uh, you know the the not using Zoom transport rather than physical transport, uh, they got themselves back two hours, but they don't create yeah. any cushion for that two hours. They immediately packed the two hours with new stuff. That is exactly right. Like that, you know, the whole, um, I saw a meme this week of a woman saying, uh, if I could just, like this was February of 2020, you know, saying, if I could just have a week with at home with nothing else, going on, I could really get this house whipped into shape, right? Get this, everything organized. <laughs> <laughs> and then they show in, you know, here we are. And I, I think the yeah. same thing I was saying to Luba that, you know, before I was saying, like, you realize uh, 
things shift because I, I would never have thought that um, me having all of my time in one place, like this is the most unusual thing for me in my mm -hmm. entire life. And yet there's sure. still, me too. I'm never, never yeah. had anything like it. Yeah. And I still, you, uh, the good news is have not refilled that stuff with, uh, the other, you know, you've, you've, with your no TV, no, uh, things you really, you have an abundance of time for, yeah. uh, for creative thinking and, uh, conversation and all the things that you, uh, yeah, yeah and I think the reason is I've had other uh, situations like this in my life, and I was recounting them, uh, and one of them was I've been injured a lot, uh, broken, bone, broken bones, and so I've spent oh. time in hospitals and rehabilitation. You know, you're re rehabilitating, so you, you know you're you're you know you're at home and you know uh -huh. you're in a cast. And uh, you I know, didn't know that about that. you. Yeah. Yeah, I've had, uh, yeah, well, I won't go through the list here, but, uh, you know, I've had at least five or six, uh, breaks of something or other. And, uh, and so I've had, uh, rehabilitation, rehabilitation time. And, yeah. uh, <clears throat> and so I've had enough of it that being <clears throat> kind of sequestered or, you know, kind of, uh, <clears throat> not, Locked down, but tied down <clears throat> because you have a disability or you, you know you're not ambulatory. <clears throat> and then the other thing I've had things like um, you know the army, you know where you know you're in somebody else's command system for two years, and uh, you, you know you're severely restricted in terms of what you can do and when you can do it. <clears throat> and uh, so I've had that experience, and um, you know. Um, um, I, th I think those two would be the, the two main ones where um, <clears throat> I had uh, learned how to deal with them on one hand, just psychologically, mentally. And, uh, and, and so when this one happened, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't a hundred percent new. It was, it had a, uh, a uniqueness to it, but I was right. used to, let's say, 80% of, of for suddenly having my time restricted or my movement mm -hmm. restricted and my yeah. activity restricted. So, and I said, so, you know, I'm, I, I'm just going to, you know, keep myself really conscious and, you know, um, observant during this period of time because, um, it, yeah, I, I doubt if we'll have another one like it. You know, uh, yeah. but I was just thinking as I was yading, uh, waiting yesterday, um, yeah. um, you know, and I, I was just looking, this was the Brampton hockey arena, uh, mm -hmm. where we were and it was, it's big. It's really big. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's a, it's a really big, uh, it's many a really big ring. And uh, they had, yeah. Yeah. And they had, uh, you know, it was really interesting in the main rink. This would be the, you know, the central rink where they were. They had 26 rows of booths, okay, and uh -huh. they were um, 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 probably 20 booths for each each of the aisles, so 20 times 20. So they'd have 400 people uh, in and seated, and the um, you know the people you you as let's call them the patient, the patient didn't move at all. You went and sat in your booth, and the the doctors rolled down. They were on chairs and they were on they were on uh, desks, and they would just okay. roll past you. And then you know, one would check, you know, do the checking that you were you were who you said you were, and then the doctor would come and uh, and give you the shot. And they just oh, so wow. the people didn't move. The people didn't move at all. The, yeah, the doctors moved, you know, and. And I said, you know, um, if anything like this happens again, it probably took them, you know, start to finish. It probably took them about, uh, you know, three months to really learn how to do this. 
en masse, uh-huh. you know, large numbers of people. But if anything like this happened at all, this being able to respond to something like this would happen, you know, three or four days. They get the whole thing together, you know, they'd have it all together. So there's been a vast improvement in um, public service response, you know, medical response. And uh, yeah. I would say, I was just thinking about this. I was just watching it go on, and I said, uh, when the doctor came by, uh, I said, you feel you're getting good, really? Do you feel you're getting really good at this? And she says, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she says, uh, she, she, she says I've improved a lot. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I've improved I, I a lot. Uh-oh. No, I, I was just, uh, you know, I just said, uh, it's really interesting stuff. I mean, quite apart from, oh, crap, we got to get, you know, we got to get the vaccine shot. And why has it been so late and everything? I said, right. hey, hey, you know, you're involved deeply into this. Have you, have you gotten, are you getting better? And she says, yeah, yeah I'm getting better. I'm getting better. And I said, that's terrific. <laughs> that's good. Now, did you? No, no. Get I mean, the... I mean, just I got her to think about her thinking. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's getting better. Yeah. That's funny. Well, so you're fully. Uh... So I had my. I I, I forgot to uh, uh, wear a short sleeve t shirt. You know, because they get oh, you boy. in her arm. I have. You're a troublemaker. My uniform and. Uh, yeah. So I said, do you want me just to, you know, take it off on this side? She says, no, no, I just pulled the neckline down. And I did. And she says, no, that's perfect. And I d- did that. And uh, uh, and so, you know, uh, I was funny. But it's it's a beautiful thing to see large numbers of people come together for a single purpose. And then yeah. to, uh, you know, really develop all the systems and the movements and the handoffs and everything else. I, I thought yeah. that in Brampton, I, I was much more impressed with Brampton. This is my second shot. The other one was in April and it was at the um, convention center, the Metro convention center. And uh, uh, it looked like a bunch of strangers following directions, you know, the, the staff, they, they, they it really must have looked look like, like from, uh, if you're watching it from above kind of thing, it must have looked like we look at, you know, ant farms busily going about, you know, in straight lines, yeah. filling in their spots here. You know, we don't know what's going on, but that's, uh, yeah, imagine. it's a neat thing that there's this killer. Is it a hornet killer hornet? Yeah. The that, murder. You know, hornet. It's an, Murderer hornet, and they were showing yeah. how um, how um, honeybees kill them. Uh, have you ever seen the video of that? Yes, I saw a praying mantis. They send the scouts. The, 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 uh, they're wa- I think they're wasps. Actually, I think they're called wasps, and they, they uh-huh. send in a scout. And the honeybees have learned how to uh, put, um, you know, basically honey. A trail of honey to get the scout to come into their, <laughs> into their residence, and the scout starts eating and eating and coming, and then about 500 honeybees just jump and make a ball. Uh, the uh, wasp is in the center of the ball. Oh my goodness! And they just and they just uh, you know they they um, beat their wings really hard, and it raises the temperature. And they raised the temperature of five degrees in the middle, and it kills the wasp. Unbelievable. I mean, the wasp is, I mean, the wasp probably killed 20 of them by the time they got him inside the ball. You know? Unbelievable. And then they just, yeah, it's a, it's a really neat thing because, uh, you know, what the scout wasp does, he goes back and then he gets the army, and, you know, and the army comes in and they make sure it works at the bees. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's like a half hour and they, they'll, Kill thousands and thousands of bees, but uh, the the honeybees have learned if you get the first one and just get in. So if the uh, if the scout doesn't go back, the other wasp doesn't know what's happened. You know, they send them up, then come back. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, nature's yeah, amazing. These are, yeah, these are wonderful things. Yeah, these are. Uh, wonderful thing. But you know, the thing uh, that I find, and we can talk about that a little bit more. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to do a thinking exercise on how um, you did well with your extra time and you did badly with your 
extra time. Mm. Yes, that would be great because I think that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking about what what how um, the distinction between have your attention directing your attention or having your attention directed. You know, that's really like yeah. what is yeah. I don't know. I hadn't thought of the opposite word of directed, but where it's you're directing your attention or your attention is being directed. That was what it was, I think. Yeah. And that's the yeah, key. Um, is, I, I think I'll, uh, uh, I think I'll call the two columns. You acted badly. You acted wisely. Oh, there you <laughs> like go. Indiana Jones. Like Indiana Jones. Like Indiana Jones. You know, you chose. Yes. Each other's Yeah, it's funny. We had uh, one of our newest uh, associate coaches. We were on the, in a workshop on Friday, and he was in from the UK. He's a UK one, and uh, he's been about a year and a half. But he was made for Zoom. He's just got all the right. Uh, so he yeah. jumped to the head of the line really quickly. So the the global virtual workshops. He's he uh, he's got he's got a full schedule because he's so good. He's He's got television work and everything else, but he's just really, really lively on, uh, you know, on uh, on the screen. And yeah. you know, I, his name's David. David, and I said, David, um, can you talk about what it's like from being supported by, you know, backstage who's as you're doing this? And he says, Wow, wow. He says, Well, I said, He says, I, 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 uh, I hope. Uh, yeah, I hope you know. I hope I say the right things here. And I says, uh, it's binary, David. You'll it'll either be a hundred percent or it'll be zero. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. And, and then he, you know, he just exuded, you know, how even the uh, staff like Kathy Davis, he's doing a, uh, you know, he's doing a nine o'clock Greenwich time workshop. Uh, uh, you know, Kathy, Kathy will be there at three o'clock her time, three o'clock in the morning at her time too. Yeah, uh-huh. to meet with him and watch wow. him. But anyway, uh, anyway, he got finished, and I said, "You chose wisely." <laughs> yeah, that's the way it. he responded, he he chose he chose the wise he chose wisely. Chose wisely, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yes, yeah, I said, David, you chose wisely. <laughs> so, I love it. Anyway, but my my sense is um, that. Um, whatever was getting my attention before, and I got uh-huh. hours back. Um, I'm not returning to giving my hours to anything like that. Anything that I freed my time up, um, there's no return to that. Right. I love that. I mean, that's and that's the thing is I, you know, thinking about the, um, uh, you know, the things where I would want to direct my attention you know i feel like i do i spend i want to have a balance of because when i'm online much like you i don't know what i'm looking for or where i'm i'm headed yet um Mm -hmm. but there's also there's some level of that where i would love to have um you know some curated um things like some things that would increase the chances that I'm finding something in the vein that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Point me in the right yeah. direction. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Well, well, you know, it's, we uh, made it. it's why, it's why we want to communicate to other people what we're looking for. Um, yes. You know, uh, because, uh, you know, uh, I'm, you're dealing with a whole different brain that uh, notices many things that you'll never notice. And if you just uh, tell them, you know, tell them, hey, I'm looking for this. You ever seen anything like, yeah, I've got something. Yeah, well, yeah, I got the perfect thing for you. You know, it's like that. And it's very easy for the other person to do it. And, uh, yeah. you know, because there's no emotion attached to their snatching a memory out and saying, I think, I think this will do you well right there. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I'd love, this is one of my favorite. Another wonderful hour. Yeah. This is two, uh, two toddlers at a picnic as Ned Hollowell would say. (laughs) (laughs) We never know where it's going to go, but it all is delightful. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That could be the alternate um, name of our podcast. Uh, are you doing? Uh, you're you're not doing your workshop, uh, the early workshop. You're doing the uh, you're doing the July workshop, right? The uh, when is the er, when is the early workshop? Thursday is. Uh, we have them reversed. Um, the early one, the free zone is first, and the ten times is second. At the Thursday and Friday. Uh, so Friday is a free zone. No, Thursday. No, Friday. It's just the opposite of the July workshop. Oh, July okay. is ten times first, and then free zone. So, mm. anyway, I may yeah, I'm gonna look at my uh, calendar, but I'm definitely doing the July yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I'd love to yeah. do both. And uh, so, we're pretty close, you know. I mean, we're getting uh, uh, where our guests that we can be back um, fully. In person for those who want to be in person um, by October, and um, so, uh, and then October it'll be. Uh, 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 so October will actually be, uh, you know, the workshop that you usually come to. September will yeah. not be because we're right. not that confident by September. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, there we go. There we go. I'll be here next week. All righty. Thanks, Dan. I'll talk to you then. Bye.